0: Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. Uh, Could you clap your hands to Jesus? Thank you. Worship to you. I'm going to invite you to take your seats. Impact City kids are in the house. I know not all of them are happy about it. But we get to celebrate today together as a family and get to participate in this. So for all the kids that are wondering, I'm not going to take very long, take about half my time today, but I'm excited to be able to share a message that I believe God has given me for this day. And it's found, uh, our our key scripture is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. It'll be on the screen, and it is in the YouVersion app. Once again, I am excited to be able to welcome you today, and we are so glad that you made time to celebrate together with us. Luke chapter 2, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, she placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. She wrapped him in cloths, it says, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room for him. It's not the picture that you see when we're able to understand or when we see an illustration of Jesus in the manger. Actually, it was a very messy place. It was not a place that you and I would say that was fit for a king. But I love what is implicated and what is understood as a result of this. And the question that I would pose to you, the question that I would ask to you and to myself today is have you ever had a messy situation? Maybe you find yourself in a mess right now. Maybe you find yourself in a mess right now. And one of the main things that Christmas teaches us is that God works through the most impossible and unlikely situations. So if you find yourself in an impossible situation, and if you find yourself in an unlikely situation, can I tell you this morning that you're in good company? In Luke chapter 1, we learn from Mary how the impossible becomes possible. God is showing us in this scripture that He initiates the impossible. It wasn't Mary's idea. No, it was God's idea. And the Bible lets us know that He gives favor for the impossible. So he initiates and he gives favor. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We understand here that God sent his angel. And in our impossible situations today, can I tell you that God still initiates? Can I remind you that God can still work? In this season of Christmas, we are reminded that God has already initiated uh, to make your impossible possible. And not only that, but God also gives us and provides us and floods us with the favor that we need to be able to carry out the task at hand. Mary is highly favored. She was an ordinary teenage peasant girl, scholars that believe that she's somewhere between 12 and 16 when the angel appears to her. So we understand through her her life that she's not highly educated, she's not rich, but yet God chose her. God chose you. I'm so glad that he chose us. He didn't choose you and I because of our last names, because of our socioeconomic status. He didn't choose us because of any other reason, but he just had favor and mercy on us. God bestowed favor on her, and it was not because of anything that she did, but it was all because of God. It wasn't because of anything that we did, but we are all here because of him. How can we be, but isn't it something that we can be on the receiving end of an impossible situation and God telling us that he is going to intervene and God is going to work on our behalf, but yet it seems... uh, a little bit too difficult and you have some questions in mind god is telling you that i can change that that failed relationship and that god is telling you that i can restore your health that i can get you back on your feet that god is saying i'm going to do a new thing something that you have not seen before mary had the same set the the same mindset and she asked how how can this be? It wasn't that she was objecting. She just wanted to know when the angel appears to her and says, you're going to be the recipient of of the deliverer. The one that you will deliver will soon deliver you. Uh, You are going to be the recipient of this. And Mary asked, how? How can this be? Mary asked, and the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come to you. Can I tell you that the impossible happens because of his spirit? It is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit would do what was impossible for man. And I want to remind someone today that you feel like you are just in an impossible situation, that that same God is at work today. That same God is at work today, and he tells us today that he can still work through his spirit in your impossible. In your unlikely scenario, in your frustration, in your worry, his spirit is still at work. So how is everything going to work on your behalf, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Now let's fast forward a few months. Mary finds herself far from home, miles away from her family. She has spent the last few days on crowded roads, enduring the elements. She didn't have money she didn't have friends pain in her heart and likely pain in her back estranged from her family and under normal circumstances they would have been thrilled to learn of her pregnancy but we understand that she wasn't married we we know that her family was conservative. And then the unbelievable explanation of having to tell the man that she's going to marry that the child is not yours. It was a miracle that he married her anyway. And we know that Joseph led the donkey down a steep path that ended in the mouth of a cave to a barn. And he lowers Mary off the donkey. And the miracle that takes place in this unusual birthplace surrounded by hay on the floor and the smell of dung all around them. All you children, you can ask your parents what dung is. Um, And in this place, Jesus was born. In this place, Jesus was born where we least expected it. Whereas everyone thought it would least likely happen here because we know that the inn, the hotel, had no place for her son. She and Joseph are away from home. There's no warm bed. There's nothing that is welcoming about this situation. But in this place, Jesus is born. Christ came through a scandalous pregnancy. Christ came. Running for their lives because the king wanted to kill every male child, Christ came. Through this unplanned trip, Christ came. Through an overcrowded inn, Christ came. And I want to tell you that God came out victorious in Mary's story. And I want to tell someone today that God will come out victorious in your story also. Maybe you feel like you've been through problem after problem after problem, and it seems like you can't even get over one thing before something else takes place in your life, and you feel like everything is stacked up against you, and it is not a likely scenario, and maybe you've been saying if everything was in place, God would come and work this out the way He can work it out, but can I tell you, in spite of the chaos, He came. In spite of the chaos, it didn't stop Jesus from coming into the world, and it does not stop him today from coming into your world. And the incredible story that I am reminded of through this is that it is a gift that keeps on giving. It still gives hope, and it still offers salvation. It still gives healing. It still gives life. In Matthew chapter 1, we find the genealogy of Jesus, his family tree. And this stands out to me. And I'll tell you why. Dozens of names, names like Tamar and Rahab and Ruth. And then you see someone like David. And then you see someone like Solomon. Matthew was trying to make a point that the dysfunction in our families won't stop God. Tamar was abandoned, Ruth was an immigrant, Rahab was a prostitute, David was an adulterer and a murderer, Solomon wasn't much better, Jesus' family tree was crazy, just like ours sometimes, but it didn't stop Jesus from coming, and I want to tell you that you're saying to yourself today that in my unlikeliness that, that God could never work through what I have been through and what my family looks like, but can I tell you, it doesn't turn God off it doesn't stop him from coming into your situation and I want to bring encouragement to your heart and to your mind today that that same God that said I'm not going to be turned off by Rahab and I'm not going to be turned off by David God says I'm not going to be turned off by by the dysfunction in your family and by the dysfunction in your life He said I can still come I can still come through sin and through scandal through racism and through sexism through the surprised pregnancy through the sudden senses, through the long road from Nazareth to Bethlehem resulted in the world's greatest miracle God took it all and I want to tell you that he still takes it all the good, the bad, and the ugly, that God uses the struggle and the challenge in our lives to be able to accomplish his perfect will, that we know that all things work together for good, that love him, and that are called according to His purpose. And I want to tell you that wherever you find yourself today, you can find your answer in the manger. You can find your answer in the manger. If you wonder if God has a place for a person like you, you can find your answer in Bethlehem. You can find your answer there because He offers love to the one who feels unloved. And he offers hope to the hopeless, healing to the sick, salvation to the lost, restoration to the broken, joy to those that are sad. The story of Bethlehem really comes down to this, that God loves us. That God loves us. The story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love. A God that said, You can't do it for yourself, so I will come down and I will do it for you. A God that is willing to stand in the gap and a God that is willing to cover my failures and my past mistakes and my sins and my habits and everything that I struggled with and everything that I struggle with and everything that I will struggle with. That is the story of Christmas that God said, You can't do it, but I'll come down and I'll do it for you. And some of us in this place today need to be reminded of that because we're trying to do it on our own. Trying to solve it on our own and trying to work it out on our own. And God is saying, I've come so you don't have to do that. How he loves us when we find it hard to love ourselves. And to the extreme that he's willing to go through for you and for I. That he stooped down to the lowest conditions to catch you and I at our lows and to rise us up from the mess that we may be in. That's why he came. He was born of a virgin, an impossible situation, a sign to show us that when hard times come and and the impossibility stares at us in the face, that, that he can work through it, that he can work through it. Mary didn't believe and she questioned it in every which way, yet when all was said and done, and I'm drawing to a close, God broke every barrier. He did away with every excuse. He did away with every obstacle. God broke every barrier, every impossibility to let you and I know here in 2022 that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He did it to let us know that we may not be able to resolve it and we may not be able to fix it, but He can fix it. He came to tell us that there is nothing impossible for Him and He did it to remind others that say that, that will never happen, To, to tell ourse- that, that we tell ourselves that I'll always be like this and that I'll never get back on my feet, that we can't recover. No, He stepped in to let us know it may be impossible for you but it's not impossible for me god said i did it in bethlehem to serve notice that he can that he can do it so my challenge to you this morning is let him love you let him love you right where you're at You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to change anything. He will love you right where you're at. But I want to tell you that he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. If God was willing to wrap himself in rags and be born in this unlikely situation, then all questions about his love, all questions that you may have about yourself are off the table Because the truth is that you might question his actions. You might question his decisions. But you can never ever question his stunning, unquenchable, unfailing love. The moment Mary held Jesus in her arms, God made his case once and for all. There is no place he will not go. There is no place in your heart, there is no place in your mind, you know that area that you have closed off for everyone. There is no place that hurt, that resentment, that fear, that insecurity. He says there's no place that I will not go. He came in through scandal to let him, to let you know that he's not afraid of your scandal. He came in to let us know that your dysfunction, he'll go there. Your mess, he'll go there. Your bad habit, he'll go there. That place in your life that stinks, he'll go there your struggling addiction, he will go there. If he was willing to be born in a manger, then expect him to work anywhere. That no place is too common. No person is too hardened. No distance is too far. There is no person he cannot reach. There is absolutely no limit to his love. When Christ was born, hope was born. He came to be human. He experienced pain and hurt and rejection and loneliness and he did it all to, to make a point that he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to face betrayal and heartbreak and, and setbacks. He knows what it's like to have people in your circle leave. He knows what it's like. That's why the writer of the book of Hebrews said, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. but." We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That feeling and that hurt that you're experiencing, he's been there. God knows what it's like to be human deadlines and long lines he's been there he understands so when you think of Christmas I want you to see it as an invitation in a God who, who loves you with a crazy love to, to know that he loves you despite and in spite of that, that God became one of us so that we could become one with him that He did away with every barrier, every fence, every sin, every debt. He did away with the grave, that He came to be Emmanuel. That He's not just God, but He is God with us. He is with us. He is not just a mighty God. He is not just the creator of heaven and earth. He is not just a God that threw up the sun, that, that, it, is, that it is just far enough. That we are not consumed, and that we are that we are that He positioned us perfectly so that that it can warm us sufficiently, and it yet yet it's far enough so that we're not consumed. He knows what He's doing. He's not just the Creator, though. He said, "I'm Emmanuel. I'm God with you. I'm God with you." When our sins made it impossible for us to come to Him. He said, I'll come to you. God took the outrageous step of coming to us and making himself susceptible to sorrow, to grief and familiar with temptation and vulnerable to sin's disruptive power so he could cancel it all. So remember the next time you feel discouraged. Remember the next time that you feel abandoned. Remember the next time that you feel frustrated. Remember the next time that you feel lonely, that he is still Emmanuel, that he is still God with us. He went from commanding angels to sleeping in the straw. Why? Because that's what love does. It puts the loved before itself. He did it to let us know that our place in heaven was more important than his place in heaven. So he gave up his so that we could have ours. And it's time to let love cover all the things in our lives. Every broken promise, every word that has been crossed, every harsh word, his love covers it all. There is no place that he will not go. So this morning, I want to just challenge you that you would let his love embrace you. He's not like the people in your life that have told you they love you and then they walk out on you. No, he he loves you with a true love and a genuine love. And he says, come to me. If you're tired, if you're heavy burden, if you're frustrated, he said, I will give you rest. So Father, today we thank you Father, today we thank you. We celebrate your birth because you made the incredible decision to come to us. You knew because of my setbacks and my failure and my sin that it was impossible for me to bridge the gap, but you came. You came to save, you came to heal, you came to restore, you came to break every chain. I thank you for the miracle of Christmas and I thank you for the miracle that you can work in my mess today. God I surrender my heart break, and I surrender the chaos and the crisis, I surrender it to you. Embrace us. Wrap your arms around us. Love us. God, I thank you for making a way where there is no way. I thank you for showing yourself strong in every impossibility here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. I would not close this service without giving you an opportunity that if you had not made Jesus your Lord, if you have never opened up your heart and given your life to him, there's no better day than to do it right now. So you're in here and you're carrying shame and you're carrying your guilt. You're tired. Let him love you. Let him love you. But he's a gentleman and he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If you open the door, you and I have to make that decision. So with every head bowed, and every eye closed, if that is you today, and if you say, today's the day that I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, and I say yes to him, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I want to invite you to just throw your hand up right where you're at. Throw your hand up right there. God sees you. I just want everyone at the side of my voice, would you pray this prayer with me? We believe in community and that no one should do life alone. And we're here for you. We're excited for your next steps. So we pray together with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for loving me through my mess. I thank you. Be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart and let me live the life You died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for everyone that accepted him today? We welcome you to the family.